Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. John chapter 10, we're going to look, uh, beginning with verse 11 tonight. Uh, now, as you know, we've been talking about the seven I am statements of Christ. Jesus made seven statements in the book of John, <clears throat> and he prefaced those statements with I am. All right? Uh, and uh, we, we talked about Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the door, uh, and I am the light of the world. And tonight, uh, we're going to look at, at one where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And uh, now these, each one of these, uh, that Jesus, when Jesus said, I am the door, I am the light of the world, uh, I am the bread of life, that's a characteristic of his ministry that he was saying, this is what I am uh, to uh, the people that I've come to save. And so tonight, uh, in John chapter 10, beginning with verse 11, we're going to see where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. All right? So let's, let's read uh, in verse 11. Jesus said this, uh, I am come. I'll tell you what, let me get verse 10, and then we'll get on down to verse 11. Uh, Jesus said, the thief comes not uh, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Everybody say abundantly. God wants you to have an abundant life. Now, does that mean that God is saying, I want everybody in the world to have a million dollars in the bank? No. What God is saying is, when he says, I want you to have an abundant life, I want you to have peace and joy that flows out of you that no matter what state you're in, you can recognize that you are blessed. All right? That's abundant life. It's not material things. Nothing wrong with money in the bank, is it? No. Nope. Nothing wrong with, with material things and all that. That's great. And I believe that that is a, uh, an outflow uh, of the blessing of God on the inside of us. But Jesus said, I want you to understand this. There's a thief, and he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want you to know this, that I've come to give you life. And I've come to give you an abundant life. And in that abundant life is peace, joy, happiness, hope, goodness, mercy, all of those things Jesus said, I've come to give you this life. It's not God's plan that you walk around in depression all the time. Not God's plan that you walk around beat down and, and frustrated all the time. Amen? God wants you to have a peace on the inside that, that transcends all the stuff that you're facing. All right, now let's read verse 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. <clears throat> but he that is a hireling 
and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees, because he is a hireling, and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. <coughs> now, <clears throat> notice this about the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd will give his life for the sheep. In this passage that we just read, you got the good and the bad. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I'll lay down my life for the sheep. But he said, there's also the bad, which is a hireling. And he said, the hireling, when he sees trouble coming, he will take off and run. He'll leave the sheep. Uh, it's, it's, it's like uh, the man at the baseball game uh, that was <clears throat> sitting there with his wife. They were watching the ball game, and a guy uh, hit a foul ball, and the foul ball came up, and uh, the guy looked at it and saw it coming and covered his head, and the ball hit his wife in the head. His wife looked at him and said, well, why didn't you cover me? He said, well, I just didn't want him to hit my head. And so, you know, most, most husbands want to cover their wife. Uh, I've learned to do that, okay? But anyway, Jesus was talking about an individual that when he saw the ball coming, he would take off run and leave others there to deal with it. When he saw the enemy coming, he would take off and leave. And, and why would he do that? Because he was a hireling because he wasn't called to shepherd the sheep. He was there for what he could gain. He was there for the money that he could make, perhaps, or the accolades of people. And when the accolades run out, when the money runs out, then the hireling will take off and go. Jesus said, I'm not a hireling. I'm here, and I will lay my life down for the sheep. I remember when uh, our kids were in elementary school, uh, <clears throat> several times they came home. Braley uh, is uh, still doing it or did it last year. She would come home and she would be all excited. And she would come up and she would say, Poppy, guess what? And I'd say, what, baby? <clears throat> and she said, I was the line leader today. And I said, really? You were the line leader Yes, I was, I was the leader, Poppy. I led the class everywhere we went. And I said, well, tell me about it. And she said, well, you know, uh, and she would go into all this detail about the teacher would look at her and say, Braley, uh, you're the line leader today. You go to the door and, and lead us to the lunchroom or you lead us to the playground. 
And Braley said, I would go to the door, Poppy, and all these other kids, they would line up behind me, and they would have to follow me wherever I went. Isn't that awesome? I said, yeah, that is awesome, baby. And I, I thought about that today as I, as I was looking at this, and uh, this line leader, and you've seen uh, kindergartners and, and elementary kids walking down the hall or the sidewalk, and they'd all be lined up. They were following that leader. And as I was thinking about that, there were three words that came to my mind that, that kind of encompasses the whole concept of Jesus being the shepherd. And those three words are, number one, when you think about a shepherd you think about one who is leading, all right? Now, if you're taking notes, you need to write that down, all right? When you think about the shepherd, you're thinking about one who leads. Number two, when you think about a shepherd, you think about one who provides, all right? A shepherd provides for his sheep. He's responsible for leading them, and he's responsible for providing for them. Number three, he is also responsible for protecting the sheep. It is the work of the shepherd to lead, to provide, and to protect. All right? Those three words came to me, and I want us to kind of uh, focus on those three words tonight. But understand this. Just as the shepherd is focused on his sheep to provide leadership, provision, and protection, it is equally important that the sheep be focused on the shepherd. Doesn't matter how good the shepherd is, if the sheep don't follow, then the shepherd will do them no good. Doesn't matter how awesome Jesus is, if I don't follow him, then I can't get the benefits of his blessing. All right? So understand that where there's a shepherd, the importance or the responsibility falls on us to follow the, sheep, the shepherd in order to receive the benefits of his leading. Now, for the sheep to look at the shepherd and say, I want your provision. I want, I want, I want that green pasture. I want your provision. But I'm not going to submit to your leadership. How many of you know? That's our culture. Lord, I want the provision. I want you to bless me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my Lord to I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Lord, protect me tonight. God, pay my light bill. Put food on my table. But now I don't know about all this 
that I've got to love my brother. I don't know about all this that, that I've got to lay this down and, and follow you. And you see, we're living in a culture today and that is, has tried to adopt this, this method or this way of, of living that says, uh, yeah, he is the shepherd. You ask 90% of the people on the streets of Atmore uh, if they're Christians, and they'll say, yes, I'm a Christian. They might be standing there with a, with a joint in their hand uh, or, uh, or a fifth of whiskey in their back pocket or, or a Bud Light or something in their, in their hand, but everybody's a Christian. Because you see, what, what, what we have allowed to happen in our culture is we've allowed people to say, well, I want your provision, but I'm not going to follow your leadership. You can ask a person that, that uh, hasn't spoken to uh, his mom or dad or, or has dishonored their parents or something like that, or, you, yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you love your, do you love your neighbor? Well, you know, old Fred over there, I, no. You see, guys, what I'm trying to tell you tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you tonight that, that, that the provision and the protection comes as a result of leadership. If you're not willing to submit to the leadership of Christ in your life, then you will more than likely not see the provision that Christ offers. All right? Listen, everything about the shepherd revolves around leading. The whole purpose for the shepherd is to lead crazy sheep. All right? If you do a little study on sheep, you'll find they're not the smartest animal on the block. All right? They tend to get in all kind of trouble. They, can, they tend to put uh, their foot in places that doesn't need to be. They are always getting in trouble. That's the reason we need a shepherd. That's the reason Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. There are others that are hirelings. They don't care if you get diseased up. They don't care if you get messed up by the sin of the world. All they want is a handout or a dollar. But Jesus said, I'm a good shepherd. I'll lay my life down for my sheep. Amen. Now, listen, my provision and protection is a direct result of my following. Look in John chapter 6 and, and verse 26 uh, and 27. Jesus uh, was talking about, uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, he had fed the 5,000. Uh, with the five loaves and the two fish, you remember that? Uh, and it was a great miracle, an awesome work of, of the power of God and, and all of that. And, and these people had followed Jesus. And in uh, verse uh, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, Look, you know, you don't seek me because you saw the miracle. He said, You're seeking me because I gave you bread.
You know, you, you're not coming to me because I'm a miracle worker. You're coming to me because you want some bread. But look at the next verse, verse 27. I'm just paraphrasing. He warns them. It's a warning in verse 27. He says, don't labor for the meat which perishes, but for that which endures unto everlasting life. So now what Jesus was saying, Brother Glenn, I believe is this. I'm the good shepherd. My responsibility is to lead, protect, and provide. But you're not coming to me because you want me to lead you. You're coming to me because you want me to provide for you. You're coming to me because you want my protection, but you're not willing to submit to my leading. Now to us who were born again, to us on Wednesday night, you know, they say the Wednesday night crowd is, is uh, the most holy in the church, the most grounded in the church, all right? And I tend to agree to a certain extent, but, you know, with exception of some. But, uh, <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought there. I saw. But to us, you know, we say, well, Pastor, you know, why? You know, why are you telling us that? That's, that's elementary. We understand that. But, but listen, what we need to realize is that if we understand it, we need to get the message out to somebody that we're close to because they don't understand it. Because we're consumed with a, with a consumer mentality in church. I'm not coming to church because I, I want to give something to Christ and to, to the service. I'm coming because I want to get something from it. Now listen, I believe that it goes hand in hand. I believe that, uh, that my responsibility as a pastor is to prepare the meal and your responsibility as, as lay people is to come and eat the meal. All right? But I want to tell you that, that your, your digestive system will work a lot better when you understand that I don't just come to church to get a meal, but I come to church to be a meal. I come to church to give somebody what I've got. Pastor, he's going to preach a message, and that's all well and good, but I'm going to church because God's put something on the inside of me that I want to give you. Amen? All right, so Jesus looked at him and he said, guys, I want you to understand this. Uh, you need to make sure that, that your priorities are correct. You need to make sure that, that you, you are following me, not because of what I can give you, but you're following me because you desire to know me. 
Oh, my goodness. That is a message that needs to be screamed from the rooftops. And I got one amen. All right? Listen, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd will do me no good if I'm not willing to follow the shepherd. All right? You know, there's a a story that I read years ago, and I I probably told you, some of you might have uh, heard it before. But it's a story about this little lamb. And the shepherd would take his flock out every day out in uh, the field and the pasture. But he had this one little lamb that every time the shepherd would turn around, this little lamb was off over here by himself, straying away. The shepherd would would leave the flock, go over there, get the little lamb, bring him back, put him back in the flock. Go for a little while, he'd, he'd look up, there's a little lamb way off over yonder, wandering around by himself. And then one day, he heard the little lamb just bah, just scream out in pain. And it went running. And the little lamb had fallen off of a cliff and, and was laying on his side at the bottom of the cliff. The shepherd ran down and, and took his staff and, and pulled him back up and, and got him and, and found out that he had broken one of his legs. Normally, if an animal broke its leg, it would be certain death. But the shepherd said, you know what? Every sheep, every lamb that I've got is precious to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this one. He took the little lamb that wasn't able to walk, and he splinted his leg, wrapped it up real good and he toted it back to the flock. He had put it down, and the little lamb would nibble around on the grass, and everywhere they would go, the shepherd would pick this little lamb up and put him across his shoulder and hold him. He did this day in and day out. He toted that little lamb all over the place. What the shepherd didn't realize was that while he was toting that little lamb all over the place, not only was his leg healing, but he didn't realize that that little lamb was listening to the heartbeat of his shepherd. There came a day when the little lamb's leg was healed up and the shepherd put him down and took the splint off and let him go. And he thought in his mind, as soon as I let you go, I know you're going to run and, and stray away again. But it didn't happen. Everywhere the shepherd went, that little lamb was sure to follow. Why? Because for weeks and months, he had listened to the heartbeat of the shepherd. And it had changed his life. How many of us are like that little lamb? You strayed away, you kept messing around, you kept doing this, and the shepherd would come over, you need to come back, and he would do it over and over and over again until there came a day when we got messed up and got mixed up and got, uh, got broken down, 
because we had strayed away one too many times. But now the shepherd has not only splitted your heart up, He's toted you around. He's kept you close to his chest. And now, while you're learning, you're learning the heartbeat of your shepherd. It is the greatest thing that could ever happen to a lamb. It is the greatest thing that could ever happen to a sheep is to get the heartbeat of the shepherd. Because when I get the heartbeat of the shepherd, I recognize he's not leading me out of frustration or disgust, but he's leading me because he loves me. He's leading me because he cares about me and he wants me to be blessed. Amen. So here's the thing. I need to understand my shepherd. I need to understand that he has me in his best interest. One of the greatest uh, examples of that is in Psalm 23, and I want you to, to go there. I want to look at Psalm 23, and there's a, there's a whole bucket full of stuff that we could say about Psalm 23, but I'm going to just kind of scan the surface of it because it it is a beautiful picture of how a sheep needs to look at the shepherd. All right? How many of you know that, that sometimes we need to get a different perspective of the shepherd? Listen, we can, we can get in these routines of where all we're doing for the shepherd is saying, lead me to the good pasture. Give me the good pasture. No, I don't want to witness. I don't want to tell anybody about you. I don't want to do any of this, but just get me to some good pasture. And we need to change our perspective and realize that it is a reciprocating our revolving relationship. Amen? David, uh, in Psalm 23, said, said this. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, what David was saying is, the Lord is the one who leads me. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now this is not a shepherd speaking to the sheep. This is sheep speaking about the shepherd. This is coming from mine and your perspective of how we need to view our shepherd. He is my shepherd. The very first thing that you need to understand and that I need to understand is not what he can give me, but the most important thing that I need to understand is, is he my shepherd? Is he, is he my shepherd? And what he's saying, is he the one who leads your life? Is he the one who governs the principles of your life? He's my shepherd. He's, he's my rock. He's, he's my, I, I know his voice. 
I can be in a crowd of people and my shepherd speaks and I know that was him. They say the flocks in the east, uh, that, that at night they will gather all the flocks together and put them in this little enclosure. We talked about it a few weeks ago and it had one door there and the shepherd would lay across that opening so that nothing uh, could come out and everything that went in would have to go over that shepherd's body. But they would, they would be four or five flocks and four or five shepherds in this one little enclosure. And that in the morning time when the shepherd uh, got ready to take his sheep out and to take them out to pasture, that all he would have to do is walk out there and say uh, a certain word or, or whistle or something like that. And every one of his sheep would file out of that enclosure. The others would stand there and look at them. They wouldn't follow. Why? Because that wasn't the voice of their shepherd. But those that knew the voice of their shepherd and said, that's my shepherd, I know his voice, I'm going to follow him. I could almost preach tonight. I'm holding myself back. I'm refraining myself. He's my shepherd. Guys, can I reiterate that again? Do you know him as your shepherd? Listen, if you know him as your shepherd, then you will commit yourself to his leadership. I shall not want. And other that that's not only saying I want, I'll not want for food. But David was saying, my shepherd is such an awesome shepherd that he will meet every need I've got. And, and, and in that, my shepherd is so awesome. I'm just going to brag on my shepherd a little bit. My shepherd is so awesome that I have complete peace and I am completely relaxed that I'll not have to want anything because everything that I need, my shepherd already knows about it. Because let me tell you something about the shepherd, a good shepherd. A good shepherd don't just get a bunch of sheep and turn them out and go in his house and hit the recliner and watch TV all day. But a good shepherd studies his sheep. He knows exactly what they're doing. He knows exactly what's going on. He watches his sheep. And when he sees that, that sheep begin to shake their head like that, then that lets him know there is a, a mite or something in that sheep's ear. I've got to get some oil and put some oil on that ear and get rid of those mites. When he sees that sheep rubbing his head on things, on a rock or something, he realizes there's something that's going on there. I've got to get some oil and put some oil on that sheep that will kill all the mites. 
You see, he recognizes. He not only recognizes the sheep, but he recognizes the atmosphere that the sheep is in. And he recognizes. He looks out and he says, that field is kind of eat down. I need to move my flock from here and get them over here because the pasture is green over here. And he moves them around. See, he's watching and he's preparing the environment for them. That's my shepherd. You see, even when I didn't know it, when I had my nose to the ground eating of the goodness of my shepherd's provision, he was already looking around and saying, when that one's over, I'm going to move you over here. (laughs) Hallelujah. This is what the Lord would say, have I not told you? Have I not placed in your spirit, have faith, believe, trust me, and know that I know you. I will provide, I will supply. Have not I told you? Have not I spoken? Relax, be refreshed, be renewed. For I have got you in my hand. I will take care. I will care for you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. David said this, verse 2. He said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Guys, I want you to get a vision tonight and I want you to get a picture in your spirit tonight of the power of the words that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Am I saying tonight that you're not going to go through some valleys? No. Am I saying tonight that you're not going to face some struggles in your life? No, I'm not. Am I saying tonight that your life is going to be uh, like sitting in a rose garden, smelling good all the No, it's not. There are going to be some battles, and there's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some attacks from the enemy. But listen, realize this tonight, that your shepherd is there to protect you. He Listen, He's not going to lay his life down. He's already laid his life down. He's not going to heal you. He's already done it. He prophesied it uh, five, six hundred years before he ever came. Isaiah prophesied that he's going to bring healing. He's going to bring restoration. It's already done. Listen, I'm not talking about something that's coming tomorrow. I'm talking about something that's already happened. I'm, tell, I'm talking about a pasture that's already here. Amen. He leads me beside into green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. 
And, and when, I, when I look at that, he restoreth my soul, I get a picture of this, this little lamb that, that, that was running away and, and that, that strayed off from the flock all the time and, and had a, a broke leg. Kind of reminds me of what Jesus said in Luke 4.18. He said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. But it reminds me of that little lamb that had strayed away. And, and here comes the shepherd. Everybody else would just put a bullet in the head and say it's not worth it. But my shepherd, he's not like that. He restoreth my soul. You want to go a little bit deeper in that. That word soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. He restoreth my mind. He restores my will. And he restores my emotions. Your emotions are in a wreck because you couldn't deal with your will. Because your will was controlled by a mind that was not committed to the leadership of the shepherd. But Jesus said this, I'm not going to throw you away. I'm not going to let you die. I'm not going to leave you to the wolves, but I'm going to reach down and pick you up, and I'm going to restore you, Brother Wade. I'm going to fix you better than you were before. Pastor, can God really do that to me? Yes, he can. Well, I just need to know how. Just... Submit to the leadership of the shepherd. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Listen to this. For thou art with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Did you see that? My shepherd doesn't let me walk through the valley of the shadow of death by myself. But because he is a good shepherd, he goes in the valley with me. He walks through the struggles of my life with me. I've got his rod and his staff. They bring comfort to me and they strengthen me and they empower me. I'm not going to be in a valley today and look around and wonder where my shepherd is because he is a good shepherd and the good shepherd goes where the sheep go. Then in verse 5, he said, He prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what David was saying when he said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever? He said, I'll dwell in the good 
things that my shepherd has created for me forever. So, what are the three things about the shepherd? Leading, providing, and protecting. And you see all three of those things in Psalm 23. But let me tell you this. Let me get back to my lesson here. I've got to always be aware of my sheepish tendencies. I need to always be aware that I have tendencies of a sheep. I have tendencies to wonder. I have tendencies to stray every once in a while. Does that make it right? No. But I need to keep that in mind because as long as I've got it in the front of my mind, it will keep me in check because I need to understand that, that uh, Peter, 1 Peter in verse five, chapter 5 and verse 8 said this, he said, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, everybody say the devil, he's my adversary, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Listen, there's never been a lamb that has been devoured that has been under the care of a shepherd. But it is when that lamb strays away from the care of the shepherd that the wolves and the lions devour. Listen, there are many today who claim or say, the Lord is my shepherd. Those are easy words to say, and they sound real good. And many people say, the Lord is my shepherd. And they think that just by me saying the Lord is my shepherd, then I will be able to enjoy all the benefits of those words. But can I tell you this? When I say the Lord is my shepherd, <clears throat> I'm saying this. I am not my own. I am not following my own devices. I am not living according to my own plans because the Lord is my shepherd, so I follow him. I live by his guidelines and his rules. Just because I say that the Lord is my shepherd doesn't mean that I'm going to get the benefits if I don't follow my shepherd. I could, I could stand tonight and say, Glenn Ratchford is my daddy. But I guarantee you at the end of his days when he writes his will out, it ain't going to matter what I said, he's going to leave everything he got to Miss Leanne. 
He ain't going to remember nothing about me. But I said, he's my daddy. But it didn't mean nothing. Because he wasn't really my daddy because I didn't know him. I didn't live with him. He didn't, I didn't grow up with him. I don't, I don't carry his bloodline. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, words, words are just words. But when, when somebody says, the Lord is my shepherd, and, and you, when you see them out on the street, they're following the shepherd. When you hear them talking, they're talking about the shepherd. Listen, here's, I wrote three things down that, that kind of sums it up. It, when I say the Lord is my shepherd, I have to ask myself the question, am I truly or have I truly committed myself to him? In other words, am I committed to following the shepherd? Have I committed my life to following the shepherd? Not, well, do I feel like today following the shepherd? No. Have I committed my life to following the shepherd? Number two, am I responding to his authority to lead me? In other words, am I committed, if, I, if I've committed my life to him, then am, am I responding to his authority over my life. Wouldn't it look funny to have a shepherd standing in the middle of a field with a staff and have a little sheep standing there, kind of like those mattress sheep, you know, that's got the numbers on their head that they count them every night? That's <laughs> just what popped in my mind. All right, so you got one, two, three, four, and five that's standing there, and here's the shepherd with his staff, and he's saying, okay, we're going to go over here to this pasture. And one, two, three, four, five says, no, we don't want to go over there. We want to go over here. Wouldn't that look funny? You see, you need to ask yourself the question, are you submitted to the authority of the shepherd? It's not just the words. If I'm committed to the authority or submitted to his authority when he says over here, because I know that he's got my best interest at heart. Number three, have I found freedom in my relationship with my shepherd? In other words, am I experiencing the results of following the shepherd. Now, I'm going to say this. You cannot follow the shepherd in truth and consistency and not see results. You will be changed. You will be transformed. You will gain weight. <laughs> Your wool will grow better. You will not be toting around disease. 
you will be blessed. Some area, some point in your life, your mind, your will, or your emotions will be blessed if you follow the shepherd. Amen? All right. Listen, Jesus said this, and I'm fixing to close. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. He said to his disciples, he said, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, that is the submission that I have to have to the shepherd. If I'm going to follow him, I have to deny myself and I have to take up the cross. That doesn't mean that I tote a cross around all day long, does it? What is my cross? My cross is the tendencies of this flesh that I have to put on the cross and I have to do it every day because I recognize that my tendencies are to be arguing and in disagreement with the shepherd. So I put myself on the cross every day and crucify myself. That's the reason I can't get out from under the cross. I can't leave home without it. Everywhere I go, I've got to have that cross because that cross is what crucifies this flesh of mine. That cross is what solidifies the deal with me and the shepherd because the day that I leave my cross at home will be the day that the shepherd will say, I want to lead you over here, but because I left my cross at home, I'll say, I don't think so today. I want to go over here. You remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5? I wonder if they left their cross at home that day. I believe they did. I believe they left their cross at home and it cost them their life. Real quickly, take your Bible over to Colossians and I promise you, the plane is on the runway. I am taxiing up to the thing. Colossians chapter 1. And, and look uh, real quickly at verse 13. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Uh, saying, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of of his dear son. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, if you've got a King James Version, I want you to notice how many times the word all is mentioned here? For by him were all things created 
goes on down, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things. And by him, all things consist. He is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That in all things he might have the first place, the superiority. Amen. That's my shepherd. He is the head of all things. He is the first of all things. He created all things, and by him all things were made. Now you find a better shepherd, and I'll follow him. The only problem you're going to have is getting past the all because Jesus has already done the all. So that means there ain't nothing else for nobody to do because he's already done it all. And that's not good English, but you understand what I'm saying. He's all. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? So maybe tonight you might be here and you might say, Pastor, you know, I'm really not committed to following the shepherd like I should be. But tonight my eyes have been opened and I want to be that one that will follow the leadership of my shepherd because I desperately need some provision and I desperately need his protection. And I realize tonight that I've not been following his lead. So as we pray tonight, I want you to I want you just to commit yourself to God and say, Okay, Lord, you lead, I'll follow. Simple as that. You lead, I'll follow. Whatever your word says, do, it's done. Amen.